Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I am doing well. We are first week in the new year and everybody's doing well. We have snow. Uh, school has been canceled. Fireplace is going. Life is good. Doesn't sound any better. That's right. Than that. That's right. Well, being on a tropical island, maybe, but I'll t- for the winter in Virginia, I will take it. Yeah. Make the best out of what you got. I, I love nothing more than looking out from sitting in front of my roaring fire and looking out at all the snow on all of the trees. It's beautiful. Yes. We're getting kind of sleet and slush, I think, over the next 24 hours, unlike you. Not so we pretty. will get nothing, nothing exciting, yeah. just all the crap. Well, hope schools are canceled. Yeah, unlikely. But thank you for your thoughts. My kids will be very, very excited to know that you are rooting for I them. I am rooting for them, yes. I always root for school to be canceled. <laughs> never never changes. That's right. Um, so today we're actually looking ahead um, at what could be issues in uh, 2020, right? Yeah, on the healthcare on front. On the healthcare front, kind of what we see on the radar, um, things that we want to look out for, things that may not be an issue right now, but we're definitely going to be keeping, you know, keeping an eye on and coming back to our listeners if something develops. Um, but one thing that we do know is that healthcare will be a major issue in the 2020 elections. And in this podcast, we're going to try to break down what we think the big healthcare issues that are likely to be debated this year are going to be and how likely it's going to be that we're going to see any meaningful changes in healthcare this year. Well said. Teed that up beautifully. I try. Do you want to take the first one, which is drug pricing? Sure. So I think most people in America agree that prescription drug costs are a real issue. Um, Anyone who's traveled abroad and bought prescriptions in any other country comes back to the United States and immediately says, what are we doing wrong? Because it's not like this anywhere else. And um, this is something that both parties have focused on um, over the last year. Um, and, and President Trump has also focused on this, um, expressing a desire to, to um, make the situation better, um, though he has um, he's sort of gone back and forth on the specifics on this a bit. So it's unclear what I think his specific proposal is. Um, and one of the complicating factors here, Peggy, is actually that both parties are desperate to claim victory on this one. So if you, uh, if you actually create a bipartisan solution that actually works... The problem from a political perspective in an election year is it doesn't help you. Right. It helps both parties equally, which means it helps neither of them. It, it helps um, the, the people in the country, though. But, you know, since when yeah, is that I, ever? Exactly. That's, that's secondary. That's, that that doesn't help you get elected helping the people uh, if everyone's helped equally. So um, it's it's an interesting um, it's an interesting quandary. Um, there ha- has been a bipartisan proposal floated in the Senate. Um, which the administration has expressed support for. But to date, it's gotten little traction. Um, And and, uh, there are a few few pieces of this that are um, creating friction. Um, Republicans have opposed a provision in the rule that would allow drug makers to be fined if they increase their costs beyond the general inflation rate. Um, They view that as essentially price controls. And are are not in favor of that, and so that's that's kind of a no starter for a non starter for them. And then Democrats 
have been insisting that the government should be able to directly negotiate drug pricing with pharmaceutical companies. As it stands today, Medicare and the government lack the authority to directly negotiate drug pricing. So they are basically at the mercy of whatever the drug companies say. And that is a non-starter for Republicans who are refusing to give an inch on that. Um, so when you sort of factor that all together, this is something that everybody agrees should be changed. Uh, the, the public wants it. Both parties agree that something should be done. And the likelihood of legislation actually getting passed in 2020 is quite low. Wonderful. Our next issue um, is something that, that kind of falls along those same lines in that it's something that uh, the citizens are asking for. It's something that our elected officials know is on the, the radar and they're all yammering about wanting to do something about it. And that is surprise medical bills. Um, the House is expected to try to finalize a plan by May. And that bill would center on protecting patients against exorbitant out-of-network charges. However, physicians have opposed this because that's a huge revenue stream for them. Um, that's where, I mean, that's where the money goes, right? So, so they're not, they're kind of lobbying against it. Um, and it's already been signaled that the Senate majority and minority leaders may not advance the bill when it comes to the Senate. Uh, Senate Senator McConnell has not committed to bringing this issue to a vote, and Senator Schumer is reluctant because of the pressure from the New York's hospital lobby. Um, again, this is this is a real life issue um, that's kind of caught in flux right now, and in the political game, and the likelihood of legislation actually getting passed in 2020, we deem to be low. Yes. Um, then we, we turn to something that is um, less sort of legislation and more just something you will hear a lot talked about, um, in the, certainly in the roll-up to the election. And if you follow the Democratic presidential debates in particular, this is one of the biggest issues, which is Medicare for All. Um, multiple Democratic presidential contenders support Medicare for All. Republicans um, consistently uh, oppose it. Um, there will not be any legislation around this issue in 2020. This is something that appeals to voters uh, on the more liberal side of the Democratic Party, I think, primarily. Um, Medicare for all is something that has been talked about for a while. Republicans um, uh, label it socialist uh, approach to health care. It is a huge political hot potato in an election year, this is something that I think you will hear a ton of buzz about, particularly on the Democratic side of the aisle. Um, depending on who gets nominated, if it's a more uh, more liberal uh, candidate, such as Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, it's highly likely that this will be an issue in the actual campaign. On the other hand, if it's a more middle-of-the-road candidate like Joe Biden, who gets nominated, for example, uh, this is unlikely to actually advance, and it'll be an issue that is primarily a primary issue as opposed to a general election issue. But in the end, it's most likely that this will end up being lots of talk, but nothing more, certainly in 2020. If um, a Democrat who supported this actually wins the election, um, then this would be a massive issue in 2020. So, but for right, oh, sorry, 2021 for 2021, but right now it's more of an election issue. Yes. All right. Uh, something that is currently going on is the future of the Affordable Care Act. 
Um, a few weeks ago, we recorded a podcast discussing the Fifth Circuit Court decision, which declared the individual mandate unconstitutional. That ruling kicked it back to the district court for analysis. Um, it's likely it will, won't be heard by the Supreme Court before the election, um, and efforts to fast track it to the Supreme Court will probably fail. Yep. Okay. So again, we'll just we'll live in kind of the current state of things with respect to the Affordable Care Act. I'm noticing um, a theme for 2020, which is nothing's yes. going to happen and everything's in flux. Yes, that's a it's an that's election a good way. Year. That's a good way to summarize it. The, the only thing that actually may change, um, because this isn't actually legislative and it's not a big enough issue to. Um, probably capture the kind of attention that the other ones we've just gone through will capture. Um, and the fact that this is a proposed rule as opposed to um, something that requires um, requires the, the Senate uh, and the House to, to pass laws. Um, and this is a proposed change to the Social Security benefits rules. Um, and this is... Um, this is a rule that was proposed by the Social Security Administration. And um, it does several things. Uh, but the one that is, I guess, the most interesting, let's call it, w- is the provision that proposes escalating the frequency of eligibility checks for those receiving Social Security and claiming permanent impairment. Now, what does permanent impairment mean? Because for our community, um, the, 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 a central question is, is every amputee who qualifies for Social Security, are they permanently impaired? And interestingly, in the proposed rule, they list examples of permanent impairments. And one of them, an obvious one, is ALS, um, which is a fatal disease, incurable, and is clearly a permanent impairment. Um, but then at the end of that list, they included um, amputees at the hip level, so hip disarticulation amputees. Um, so they actually call out a subgroup of our community as being permanently impaired under current Social Security Administration rules. And um, what they are proposing doing is taking the uh, eligibility checks so that, you know, the, the Social Security Administration from time to time will go back and verify that you are still the same status and therefore qualified or eligible to receive ongoing Social Security benefits um, every so often. And today, as it stands, um, if you are classified as being permanently impaired, um, you, you can be checked as frequently as every five years, but no no more than seven years. So every seven years you have to get checked, but it could be as frequently as five. And they propose just taking it to a flat six years. Um, While this isn't something, Peggy, that I have a ton of experience in and and personal knowledge about, um, I suspect that for most people in this situation, uh, this would not be a change that would be particularly profound for them. Um, it means essentially that, um, whereas, um, your, your best case scenario was eligibility checks would only occur every seven years, meaning over a 14 year period, it would happen twice. Now that would go to 12 years, um, under this rule. Um, so I, I don't know that it's really a profound change, but it has been proposed. Comments on this rule are due for uh, January 17th of this year. And after those comments are received, um, Medicare would review the all of the comments and then uh, if it chooses to would issue a final rule at some point in the future um, the fastest we've ever seen that happen um, actually happened recently uh, with something 
um, relating to um, uh, how um, how certain orthotic devices get paid for. Um, and that was about three months. That's incredibly fast. Most most uh, proposed rules don't get uh, turned into final form until usually uh, six months or even longer down the road. So we would expect to hear something back on this in mid 2020, and we'll certainly keep you apprised if and when that rule gets published. Absolutely. Um, and as with all of these things and issues that maybe aren't even we didn't discuss as being on our radar for right now, Dave, if anything happens, if the community needs to, we feel like we need to put out a call to action or let people know what's going on, we will absolutely let you know on the podcast. We'll let you know in our newsletter, which you can subscribe ampedlife.org or through our network, ampedlife.com. Um, should we summarize? Yeah, go ahead. So 2020 is going to be a year of a lot of talk, but little action. There's going to be a lot, especially because it's a presidential election year. You're going to be seeing a lot of these buzzwords that we discussed, a lot of these hot button issues being thrown out there. Candidates really trying to relate to the 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 issues that, that pe- real people are facing in this country. They're going to be talking about a lot of solutions, but we don't really predict that anything is going to happen. Um during 2020 on any of these issues. Uh, it's very, healthcare in particular is a very polarizing issue. People feel very strongly about it, mainly because everybody is impacted by it on some level. And politicians are going to play to their base on this issue. Um, and we probably will not see any real movement until after the election and when we're in 2021. Yeah, the, 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 either way the election breaks, um, the, the implications uh, are pretty profound moving forward. So 2021 will be a huge year in healthcare um, because either um, you'll have a president who uh, supports keeping the, the Affordable Care Act in play and, and trying to make sure that that remains the law of the land, notwithstanding the Supreme Court's uh, pending evaluation of the law. Um, and if uh, President Trump is reelected, um, we can expect to see much more aggressive re-engagement on the health care issue um, than there has been since the midterm elections when the Republicans took a beating um, around their their approach to it. And uh, so it's going to be going to be a big year in 2021, certainly. And we so stay tuned. That's right. You know, this time next year, we're going to have a great podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of great podcasts in between, Dave. Yes, of course. So. Of course. All right. So that's our look ahead at issues in 2020 involving healthcare. So, Dave, it was great talking to you. And you. Enjoy the snow. I will. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a good one, Peggy. Bye. Bye.